What do you do when your burden feels like it's too much to bear? And you're just so tired. What do you do when it feels like you are stressed out? I want to give you the answer from the Bible uh, right off the bat, and then I want to explain why it matters so much, why it's so deep and profound. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to be in the last three verses this morning. Um, If you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to read it, but we also have it on the screen, and we're going to read it together. So uh, if you're able, would you just join me in uh, standing, and we're going to read the text of Scripture this morning together. This is Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and it goes like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, I pray that as we approach your word this morning, and as we approach your wisdom, that our hearts will be soft to hear what you have to say. Lord, help us to know how to handle life when we get stressed out. Lord, give us rest. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, guys. Uh, This is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says when it seems like your burden is too much for you and you're feeling worn out and stressed out. You ever notice um, (laughs) the physical effects that stress can have on a person? I mean, when when I ask this question, I always think about U.S. presidents. I mean, that's the last job on the planet I would ever want. You will never find me running for president. Because, I mean, look at this. Like, you just... This is a span of four to eight years, depending on the president, and literally the photo at the beginning of their term and the photo at the end of their last day in term. Um, Don't ever sign me up to become president. Please don't ever write me in on any of your ballots. I don't want that, right? Stress has a way of changing you, and in fact, the more intense the stress, often the more drastic the change. And maybe you feel like, Some of these photos describe you at the end of 2019 to now the end of 2020. Like just one year did something like this to you. And you are feeling the unimaginable challenges that approached you this year or just left you stressed out. Now, each of us is guaranteed to feel stress at times, amen? But like when the stress just doesn't let up and it comes at you from so many different angles, you begin to feel like, oh man, I am stressed out. And we, and we think about stress and the stress that we experience in life. I happen to think it's very helpful to think about it in terms of how stress would affect a piece of wood that you use to build things. Um, stress, so for example, I, I got something like this. And stress, the technical definition of stress would be an outside force applying pressure, Right? Now, the interesting thing is stress, uh, stress can be used to actually shape something. It can have an amazingly profound design on a piece of wood. But the technical definition of stress is just an outside force 
applying pressure. Now, my dad studied civil engineering in college, and so I know a little bit enough to be dangerous. I heard a little bit of it around at home, and the engineering principle behind the term stress is that if the external pressure is greater than the internal strength, then it's going to result in a stress fracture, right? External pressure, that's the stress, is greater than the internal strength, it'll result in a stress fracture. Uh, In fact, that word stress itself comes from a 13th century usage. Uh, that was where it was originally used. And, and this usage was designed um, and, and used to describe how you would shape a board, how you shape a piece of wood like we just saw a little bit earlier. Um, to, you, would, you would basically, what you would do is you would shape a board without breaking it by applying external pressure and soaking it. So you'd soak it apply a little bit of external pressure, and all of a sudden, you're able to create some amazingly beautiful designs with, with wood. Um, and th- th- here's some pictures of just boards that have been stressed and bent. Literally, all they did was they soaked it, and then they bent it a little bit, right? And, and that's probably an incredibly simplistic way of describing it, but um, that's, that's the basics of what would happen. You, you could shape something into re- something really beautiful without breaking it, simply by soaking it and then bending it. And if you're watching online, you can actually try this at, right now. You can go grab two toothpicks, uh, soak one, and don't soak the other, and start to see which one bends farther. And it's kind of fun. You'll see, if you can soak something and apply a little bit of external pressure, it'll actually begin to bend farther than you thought it was capable. And so stressing a board is a, is a process you would go through to make the board pliable. You could bend it in some amazing directions. Now, the stress, get this though, the stress is something that was applied externally. Right? The stress was not something that was felt intrinsically in the board. It, it came from the woodworker. Here's the point. Stress often comes from something unexpected and external. In other words, um, you didn't want it and, and you didn't cause it. Stress is not this internal experience that you have an amazing control over. Stress is an external pressure that comes onto something. Like the emotional response to which you notice internally often. But stress is not an internal feeling. Stress is an external pressure that comes from the outside force. This is important because if the external pressure is greater than the internal strength, it's going to result in breaking apart. But, so that's the engineering principle. Here's the spiritual principle. If the internal strength is greater than the external pressure, then that will result in you overcoming and becoming transformed. If the internal strength is greater than the external pressure. Um, I want to have Pastor Andy, my lovely and beautiful assistant, come and join me. Where are you at, Pastor Andy? There he is. Okay. I didn't get Vanna White today, so I got Pastor Andy. Um, give a round of applause. There we go. Um, I had to ask him because uh, I needed someone who could lift these extremely heavy five-pounders. Um, so, Pastor Andy, go ahead and just take that five-pounder, and you're going to place it right here in the middle. Now, let's just say you experienced a little bit of stress this year, okay? You experienced a little bit of stress this year. Maybe something at your job changed, Okay, external pressure, you weren't expecting it, you didn't want it, you didn't cause it. Something at your job changed, whether you got a new boss or a new coworker or decreased hours or decreased pay or increased hours and increased pay, whatever. And, and 
you got a little bit of stress. Now go ahead and grab another five or ten pounder, fifteen pounder, whatever we got in there. Um, and uh, maybe you moved school districts or you moved locations or you had uh, a family member that you had to live with for a while to take care of them um, or, or maybe even you lost your job and you got a little bit more stress in your life this year. Okay, and then maybe, yeah, you can go ahead and put that on there. Nice. Yeah, there we go. I think that fits. There. It's amazing. These fit exact. I did not plan it this way. They fit exactly perfectly. Uh, okay, and then, and then, same year, same year, uh, maybe you built a new house or you built something new in your house and... Or maybe you own a house and something in your house broke and you had to fix it or you wanted to upgrade something and you had all this time at home and so you're like, I could do a DIY project. Those are famous last words for me. And so um, you, you had to put in a little bit of extra work at the house um, or as a new house and you're going to put that on. There's, there's a little bit of stress or maybe someone has opinions about something at your house and you're like, finally, I can do something about it. And so, and, and these are just not like life-shattering things, but you get a little bit of stress, okay? Now, go ahead and grab a 30. This may or may not break it. I don't even know, <laughs> right? And maybe a relationship broke up, or conversely, a relationship heated up and things got a little bit better, both of which will apply a little bit more pressure to you in some way or another. And so a relational dynamic changed. And, and yeah, go ahead and gently see if, yeah, it's nice and easy. All right. All right, and you're also trying to pay off some debts. So go ahead and grab another 30. Um, oh, and, and you're trying to keep up with some kids' activities at the same time. We'll see if it's leaving. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. All right. So now we're trying to keep up with some kids' activities that they've been involved in. It's not even going on. <laughs> you want to try it on that side? Here you go. Someone needs to, like, <laughs> maybe, yeah, there we go, right in the middle. All right, and then... And then, by the way, it's a global pandemic. Yeah, uh, you know what? You go up to some 45s. Actually, start with 40s because I got a few more. It's a global pandemic, right? And so now you're trying to stay healthy, and you're trying to stay distanced, and you're trying to stay safe. Yeah. All right, give it up for Pastor Andy. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll leave, leave it there. We'll pick it up in a little bit. Um, and by the way, thank you to Keith Bradley for the amazing workout gear. There we go. Let's see. These are cheap at Lowe's, so hopefully this works. There we go. All right, so, so stress. When the external pressure is greater than the internal strength, um... This is what our lives are like. 
on our own. We're going to break apart if we try to handle all the stress in our lives without changing anything, without any sort of internal strengthening. Now, the interesting thing is stress can have a beautiful design to shape us, but it can also break us if we're not prepared for it. So how do we handle stress? How do we handle stress biblically without breaking? That's the question. So number one, I'm going to give you three ways to do this. Number one, you've got to get lighter. Get lighter. Someone say get lighter. I'm not talking about Bic. Get lighter. You're allowed to take some weights off. Okay? Let me just speak this over you. You are allowed to take some weights off. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I love this. 1 Peter 5, 7. Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter says this, cast all your anxiety on him. Do you have anxiety? Do you have worries? Do you have cares? Do you have burdens? Do you have stress? Cast all your anxiety, all your load onto him because he cares for you. Now, it's interesting. I had a chance to study this word cast. And um, cast comes from the Greek word marimna, and there's only one other time in the entire Bible where this word is used this way. And it's in Luke 19.35, and basically it's when Jesus was riding into, or was coming into Jerusalem, he was about to um, enter the triumphal entry, and they prepared a colt for him to ride in on, right? And when they got the colt, Luke 19.35 says, they brought it to Jesus and they threw, they threw their cloaks on the colt and then put Jesus on it. That's the same word, they threw, they cast, marimna. Um, in other words, they, they took off their coats without washing it, without cleaning it up, without making it look good. They just took it off and they cast it onto the donkey right there, just boom, for Jesus to ride on. And so when we cast our cares, it's not that, it's not that we have all the muscle in the world to like cast it super far like a 50-yard fishing cast. It's not even that we have the incredible skill and precision to cast it exactly in the right direction like a, a dart on a dartboard. No, no, no. We, we, we cast it. In other words, the burdens and the stresses and the cares and the anxieties that we're carrying are so heavy that all we can do is just waddle over to Jesus and blah, cast marimna, dump it at his feet, essentially. We just offload it is what the word implies. And some of us, this process is long overdue. Like you say you trust Jesus, but you're hanging on to so many cares and burdens. I heard this story this week. Actually, I wasn't preparing to say this. I don't know the, the tightwalker's name, the tightrope walker's name, but there's a famous tightrope walker, and uh, he would walk... A, across a tightrope so many times. I mean, he was very, very famous for walking across a tightrope. And uh, he would do so many different crazy stunts while walking across a tightrope. And uh, one time he was going to walk across a tightrope across the Niagara Falls, right? And, and he shouted down to the crowd, do you guys think I can do this? And they're like, yeah. They're like, do you think I, he said, do you think I can walk across this tightrope? And they're like, yeah. Do you think I can walk across this tightrope with a wheelbarrow in front of me? Yeah! Do you think I can t walk across the tightrope with a man in the wheelbarrow? Yeah! Who wants to do it? 
right? One person stepped forward. You can say you trust Jesus with your cares and your burdens, that he's capable, but it's another thing to trust him with them. I promise you the load is lighter when you bring it to him. It is. So the first thing is you can get lighter. How do you do this? Check, check what your load is. Right? Pray over everything. What, what is the load on you? Lord, reveal to me all the stresses that are happening uh, to me, the things that I feel like they're on me. What are they? And pray about all of them. And when you've done that, observe what are some things I can maybe take off. That not everything you're carrying do you need to be carrying. Now, there are some things you can't change. But there are other things maybe you could pray about how to offload them. There are other pressures or activities or events that you can remove to lessen the stress of your life. It's not called wisdom to carry more burdens than you need to. That's not heroism. That'll kill you. I'm, I've had to learn this lesson. <laughs> and... Maybe it's time to stop saying yes to everything. Is, is, can you maybe not sign up your kid for his 11th sport? Can you, can you maybe teach him how to manage his life without saying yes to everything? He's going to leave your house at some point. Don't let him become a train wreck. Teach him how to manage his life now. Maybe there's a leave of absence you can take from that community position. Maybe um, you can stop volunteering some extra hours that you have been. Now, let me clarify. Please don't make the hours you volunteer for God and his church the first things to go. We've preached this before and we've seen that exact same thing happen. There, there are some loads that you're carrying there are some volunteering, there's some, there's some giving that you do that actually is energizing and it gives you more energy. It's rejuvenating. There's some that is not energizing and it drains you. Like, make some of these things the first to go. Just to go, is, is there something that's draining me? Does that have to be everything? Just one thing. Pray about it, right? And then don't add more weight to your load. Maybe that's something you can learn. That's something I've had to learn. How to say no or not yet in a creative way, right? Um, thank you so much for the offer. I'm truly honored, but I just can't right now. Or, man, I appreciate you reaching out, but this just isn't going to work out for me this time. Or, I'm so honored you thought of me and my family. We love the work you're doing, but I don't actually think we can add more things to our schedule. Or maybe try this. Someone brings something to you. They want you to talk to them or give them advice or, frankly, get involved with something. And you're like, I could give you three minutes right now or I could give you three hours next Tuesday. Do you have a preference? Because sometimes things are urgent, right? But most of the time they're not. And, and once you start thinking this way, you begin to sense things slowing down. You begin to sense the load kind of easing up a little bit, and you feel like, maybe I might just have enough energy for today or even this week. See, there's a difference between time management and energy management. There really is. Everybody has the same amount of time. 
But not everyone has the same amount of energy. Have you ever noticed that? Some people have more energy than others. Nobody here has more time than others. You have 24 hours today, and tomorrow you'll have another 24 hours. Right? And um, more time is not the thing that you need to give you relief. But maybe there's a way that you can manage your energy a little better that's going to help you handle the stresses that are going to come into your life. So you can't stop your kids from asking why a million times. Or, Dad, look at me. Dad, look at me. Like I'm getting a neck ache turning around so many times in the car to look at you. Right? I, I can't stop my kids from asking me these things a million times a day. But maybe getting to sleep an hour earlier will help me to be better prepared to handle the stress when it does come. Like there are things I can manage my energy a little bit better. Like I can't change the time of day that I've been called on at like stupid o'clock in the morning to be all in and focused and zeroed in on a group project. But maybe the, the foods that I eat and the water that I'm drinking can actually energize me more than drag me down. There are things you can do to manage your energy um, so that you're able to handle the stresses. You can't remove all the external pressures in your life, but there are things you can do to manage your energy. Recently, I heard a story about a successful TV show host, and you'd probably recognize his name if I said it, but he, um, he was offered this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, TV show opportunity, and so he went to this pastor, and he was in the green room, and they were talking at a conference, and he was like, I just got offered this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with this TV show, like, what should I do? And just the wisdom that came from this pastor floored me. It was, it was amazing. He said, there are no once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for the believer. Something is either God's will or it's not. Focus on what God's calling you to do right now, and he'll take care of the opportunity. If it's something that was meant to be, God will bring it back around. There's no once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for the believer. In other words, don't let the immediate, the thing that God's calling you to right now, don't let the immediate steal from the important. I said that backwards. Don't let the thing that's like vying for your attention right now steal from the thing that God's calling you to right now in your life. Sometimes the immediate will steal from the important. Right? We're all on this race of life, and there are things that are going to pop up in your face that are going to try to rival for your attention to distract you from what's important in the race of life that God's called you to. God's going to handle the race, but he's not going to make you handle your pace. And if you don't, you're going to start crying about it. How do you keep from getting stressed out? And breaking under the pressure, I think, number one, you got to get lighter. You're allowed to take some weights off. You're allowed to manage your pace better. That's a really, really good skill to learn in life. Cast your cares on Jesus, for he cares for you. Cast your anxieties, cast your burdens on him. And he'll help you to know which ones he can carry with you and which ones no one should be carrying right now. You just let it go. Number one, get lighter. Number two, get stronger. Your soul needs other support systems to carry it, to support it. How do you strengthen a board like this? I was at home, or I was at Lowe's this morning. I intentionally asked for something that was not treated, not soaked, not prepared for weather or strength. I wanted the weakest board. Because I think sometimes my life feels like this. 
Any moment, this is about to happen, right? How do you strengthen a board like this? Some of this frail and feeble and not capable of carrying everything. How do you strengthen a board like this? Well, I think, I think here's a good way to do it. Think about when you get in a good church and in a good small group, a good support system of people around you. I put these same weights on here. I don't want to clean up another mess, so I'm not, but you get the point. If I put the same weights on here, it's going to be able to take that and more. The things in life that used to break you are going to start to seem easier. Now, they're not going to be easier in and of themselves, but you'll have the God-designed support system of others to keep you from breaking, right? This is a great way to strengthen yourself. But even this has its, its breaking point. Even this has its breaking point. How do you keep this from breaking? How do you make this even stronger? Watch this. You ever notice when you have support beams in a house or on a deck or some sort of building project, they're always oriented vertically. You're stronger when you're oriented vertically, when there is an upward focus to your life. You'll never be able to withstand the pressures of life completely without breaking until your life is oriented vertically. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I promise you, Troubles are coming into your life. I promise you, trouble is coming to your life. Uh, Paul said it in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Like, it's going to happen, so I'm going to choose joy in it. Why? Because it's going to produce something in me. You'll never be able to be transformed in life and strengthened under the pressure, under the stress Unless your life is oriented vertically. What does this mean? I think sometimes we forget the basics as believers. Right? Just, just remaining in God's word every day. Constant in prayer. Where worship is my lifestyle. Not just a few songs I sing at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. The word, prayer... Worship your life has to be vertically aligned and focused on God, totally pointing to God. God is your go-to. God is your strong tower. God is your dwelling place. God is your song in the night. He's your shelter. He's your rock. He's your constant conversation. Everything in your life is oriented vertically. It's oriented to God. This is how you stay stronger. You get yourself in good biblical community, and you orient yourself vertically. You gotta get stronger. So we gotta get lighter. Right? There's some weights you can take off. There's some all your weights we're, we're praying about and we're casting on the Lord. We gotta get stronger. So get get in a small group. Maybe if you're watching online, there are online small groups that you can be part of. Um, there there's a way to be connected biblically and still safe, safe medically. It's possible. Hashtag 2020. But you're gonna break if you're not. So number one, get lighter. Number two, get stronger. Number three, get soaked. You'll be totally immersed in regular times of intimacy with God. 
I'm going to demonstrate something to you really quick. When I was in college, I played soccer for Moody Bible Institute, and I was the goalkeeper, and we, my junior year, 2011, we went to the national championship game. Went to the national championship game, and we were playing a team we had played before. They were actually in our conference, uh, and we played them a number of times, but we, it was Northland International University. We were the number one and number two ranked teams in the entire country. We were number one, by the way. And we were playing Northland in the national championship game. But it wasn't our national ranking that got us to that point. Right? It wasn't that. In fact, I can say from all the hours that we put in on the practice grounds, we played hard, but we, play, we trained even harder. We literally put in the blood and the sweat and the tears to make a team, to build a team, to mold and shape a team capable of winning. I can literally remember standing in showers after practices, just after training, where I was swirling around my feet. There was a tornado of blood and mud. As a goalkeeper, I would wrap my arm from here to here and here to here every single practice because I was diving all the time and Chicago turf or Chicago grass is just not that good and never really got kept up a whole lot right so we just muddy fields and like it was hard and so at the end of every practice at the beginning I would tape him white tape right here at the end of every practice it was completely red like just bleeding the whole time right like we put in the training the training was so much more intense than the competition that everybody came to see what everyone saw was amazing what what they didn't see was even harder and so when we squared off against Northland in Kissimmee, Florida in 2011, we didn't rise to the challenge, like many say. Right? We actually played at the level we had trained. I don't think anybody ever rises to a challenge. I think you only ever fall to the level of your most intense training. And because our level of preparation was a little bit higher than Northland's, we walked away national champions. You're never going to rise to the challenge to face the pressures and the trials of life. You will only ever deal with them at the level you have prepared and trained at. So how do you prepare to handle pain and hold on to hope and find purpose when life's pressures are threatening to break you. The answer is found in how you prepare. How do you prepare? How do you prepare? How do you prepare something like this for intense pressure? You soak it. You soak it. I mentioned earlier that, that this is how you would treat a board and get it ready to be moldable and bendable without breaking, there's actually two substances. One of two substances you would soak a board in, water or oil. Which is interesting. Not that woodworking is necessarily the metaphor God was always thinking about when using uh, metaphors in Scripture. But I can't help but marvel at how close to our own spirituality this is for the believer, right? If water in the Bible often is used to represent the Word of God, right, the water of the Word, and oil in the Bible, such as an anointing, is often used to represent the Spirit of God upon somebody. 
water and oil, the more our lives are soaked in water and in oil, the more our lives are soaked in the word and in the spirit, the more that God is going to use these stressors in our lives to produce something beautiful without breaking us. We say that again, the more our lives are soaked in the word and soaked with the spirit of God, the more that God is going to use these stressors in our lives to produce something amazing in us, to transform us without breaking us. John chapter 4, Jesus said, God is seeking those who worship in spirit and in truth. God is seeking those who soak. He's wanting to use the stress and the pressures of your life to form you and not break you. But to make sure that the stress doesn't break you, you need to be spending time in God's word and filling up with his spirit every single day. Constantly, never giving up, in season, out of season. You're never going to rise to a challenge when it comes. You're only going to be ready for it at the level you've trained, at the level you've prepared. How do you prepare? You soak yourself in the spirit and in the word. Believer, even when nobody sees it, never, ever discount the power of saturating your heart and your mind, the things you desire and the things you put into your head. Never discount the power of saturating your heart and your mind with the word of God and in his spirit. It's, it's, our, it's our times of unseen worship. It's, it's those times when God reveals something to us in the word and we don't post about it. It's those times that strengthen us and prepare us to handle the stress and the pressure that life is going to bring. Don't discount those times. It's like the song says, this is how I fight my battles. You've got to be regularly spending time in the word and in worship, corporately and individually. Right? It's, It's one thing to go to a family meal. Right? We're at a family meal. We're feasting on the word together. But if the family meal is the only time you ever eat, you're going to go hungry really fast and you're eventually going to shrivel up. And that's when the enemy is going to attack. That's when, when maybe even life itself is going to give you another stressor. And what's going to happen then? If you're not feeding on the word and soaking yourself in time with God, you're not going to be ready. So over the last few months, God's been speaking to me personally about the state of my own heart and my times with him. I used to be really diligent to set aside time to be with the Lord in the morning, especially on Sabbath, you know, on my days off. You know, so for me, that's a, that's a Monday. I shut my phone off. I spend time with the Lord. And, and then kids came along and kind of mangled up my mornings, and every single day, they're there. Most days I just feel like I hit the ground running as soon as one of my kids just pulls on my sheet to wake me up. Which, by the way, I'm on the far end of the bedroom. (laughs) They walk right past my wife to get to me (laughs) to wake me up. No one's arguing in that room. Anyways, um, I just told myself, Jesus, I'll spend time with you when they go to bed. 
right? They go to bed at 8. It's fine. I got some evening time. But I got to be honest, as great as my attentions are every evening, I don't often give that time to the Lord. It's just, for me, I know that the mornings are, are far more consistent with Jesus than in the evenings. Not that mornings are bad. They're not. Or that they're more spiritual. I mean, they're not. They're not more spiritual. It's not that devotions in the evening don't count. They totally do. But just for me, I have less on my heart. There's more, less, less on my mind to focus on in the morning before everyone's awake. And, and so recently I was reading Mark 1 in verse 35, which basically speaks about how early in the morning when it was dark, Jesus got up and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I was reading that and I just sensed God nudging me to set aside that time for him again. And I was like, God, I mean, that's awesome. I'd love to, but I've got kids. Right? They, they usually wake me up. They're off as soon as the light is up. I can't really do mornings anymore. And he's like, well, then go to bed earlier and get up before they do. You ever, like, have a moment where God, like, checkmates you in the middle of your own argument? So anyways, that's my New Year's resolution, uh, getting up before my kids. Tell you that because not because I want to, because I know it's gonna be hard, and now I told everyone and it's online. <laughs> Jesus says to me, He says to you, He says to all of us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come, take, find. Those are the verbs in this passage. Come to Jesus, take his yoke, and find his rest. This is the only way we're ever going to be able to handle stress without being stressed out. This is the only way we're going to be able to bend and not break when the pressures of life keep piling on. We've got to get lighter. We've got to get stronger. And then we've got to get soaked. As Pastor Andy comes up and just plays a couple chords, I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. This is a moment that God wants to speak to you. I want to invite you to spend some time listening to God right here in this very moment. Lord, what are you wanting to say to me? What's the thing that you're putting on my heart that you're trying to tell me? What are some ways I can take some weights off? How can I regularly connect in worship and in community? How can I soak in your presence more? If you're watching online, uh, maybe you need to connect with somebody right now. There's some amazingly loving hosts who would love to connect with you and pray with you and chat with you and listen to you, hear you. Um, don't waste this opportunity to receive ministry from God right now. Wherever you're at, let's just let God speak to us for maybe a couple moments um, before we're done here. What is God trying to say to you today?
Father, in, in days like this, difficult and stressful, please use these stresses to teach us and mold us into your likeness, God. Please show us what stresses can be removed from our lives. Show us how to strengthen ourselves in you and to soak in your word and in your presence. I pray that this time would make us stronger and more prepared for the next season. May your people rise up and, and lead to be a light for the world, leading others to know you and to love you, Jesus. Amen.